Time to get your dose of more fuzz with Mr. Weirdbeard and the More Fuzz Podcast. Hi fuzzers and a very warm welcome to episode 102 of the More Fuzz Podcast. And the second edition of the Fuzzy Forum. On each forum, I'll be joined by two other members of the More Fuzz team to discuss the heavy scene and play you some of our favourite tracks. My name is Bob, aka Mr. Weirdbeard, and I'm delighted to welcome to the show Dan, aka Mr. Cromlech. Hello, Dan. Hey, hey, guys. And also with us is Seb, aka Mr. Stone. Hi, Seb. Hello, guys. Now, Dan, Seb and I have selected three tracks each for you to enjoy. And we've decided to tinker with the format compared to the regular podcast and the first Fuzzy Forum. Instead of playing three song sets, I'll be playing one song at a time, which we'll discuss as we go along. As ever, we'd love to hear your feedback, so feel free to leave a comment on the show here on Mixcloud or on our social media posts. Uh, so our first selection is by Dan. So Dan, if you'd like to introduce the band and track title, please. Yes, uh, so my first uh, selection is a Swedish band called Luke, which means like uh, a train. Not the whole train, but just the one driving it. And the co- song is called uh, Låt 13, which means song number three, Tan. Stop! 
fläktar långa klor Skicka vår faktura med inkass och krav De som betalar allt vi köper till jag So that track was Lart Three Ton by the band Loke. So if you could tell us a bit about those guys, please, Dan. Yeah, so uh, this uh, Swedish band are some of the first hard rock I heard uh, uh, when I was maybe maybe 10, thir- 10 or 13 years old. It was an album my dad bought. Uh, for some reason, he's not really into hard rock at all, but he got it. and. Uh, I liked it then, and I liked it even more, the more uh, I got into rock and metal. So uh, it stayed with me since then and became one of my favorite records. Seb, what did you make of this one? Yeah, I really liked the nice uh, hard and roll vibe. It's got a a great groove and a nice uh, metal style, even kind of new metal at times. Yes, yeah. Uh, so that also brings me back to my teenage years. And uh, yeah, I really like the, the crazy kicking at the beginning that like probably would wake up any dead people around. And uh, I don't know, uh, finally the Swedish singing reminded me of uh, some of the Spanish me- Mexican metal that I used to listen to at some point. Maybe because I don't understand any of those two languages, I know. <laughs> but, uh, I found some kind of uh, yeah relation between the two, and I can also understand why this song stayed with you uh, along the years. Then, because uh, yeah, with the the smooth passage around mid song, that uh, also kind of reminds us of uh, the way our beloved genre works, like with often uh, a passage at some point kind of breaking the. the the progression of the song to take some time to, uh, yeah, experiment or explore the possibilities around the song. Yeah, it, it's one of the things I've, I've afterward felt like that. Sure, there's a little bit of metal in there, but it's mostly a hard rock, and it reminds me of of these uh, stoner rock tunes that I really got into now. 
So yeah. I can see why I liked it back then, but without even knowing what stoner yeah. are really, well, was. I mean, I, understandably, I didn't know of this band, but uh, when I searched them online, obviously it came up, like Seb said, with several other new metal bands, like American bands, like Korn and Slipknot and things like that. Um, and they seemed really, really big band in Sweden at the time. Did they have any sort of commercial success outside of Sweden? Uh, no idea, really. I, I, I don't think so. Maybe there's a, a few people that got to know them somehow, but they, uh, their career were pretty short. First album being 99, uh, and uh, they only released like two more al albums before uh, oh. quitting. But uh, one fun thing though is that they had some reunion concerts uh, the past year, and uh, and also this album for the first time got released on on vinyl on the, our own record store day. So I had to get it. Cool. Oh yeah, that's cool. <laughs> right, so I, I should explain um, to the listeners. I asked Dan and Seb, and obviously I'm going to pick one myself for, um, to pick a band from our home countries, just to um, sort of let you get to know us a bit better, where we're from. And obviously um, Dan's song was in his native tongue, and I believe your song choices as well, Seb. Yo, exactly. Uh, um, it's, uh, it's nothing especially to do with uh, stoner rock, also, like, uh, uh, but I wanted with the scene it gave us to, to go back a bit and to the, the roots of my uh, uh, rock history, I would say. And uh, yeah, and, so it's uh, about one of the most known French rock bands and kind of the only proper rock band that uh, got to get some commercial success at some point. They are called uh, Noir Désir and were a pretty big thing in the 90s and 2000s in, in France before the, the band ending yeah, kind of tragically. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, the, that's one thing with that band is that they, they, they all kind of always sing in French. There are some parts of English here and there, but uh, really not so much. And they have a way of uh, yeah, working with the lyrics in some imaged and metaphorical ways to kind of uh, that you know what they are talking about, but you still get to get interested in it. And so this song is uh, fin, de, fin de siècle by Noir Désir. Mal des bandits, on a tout eu. C'est 
ce fut un siècle formidable Quelques malentendus seulement Des histoires, des histoires Garde les yeux ouverts Que tout dépasse au moins Chérie, donne pour la paix Car moi je veux que tout aille bien C'est comme ces fumées rouges orange Des rubans qui s'étranglent Autour de mon cou, c'est étrange On pourrait brûler Le grand déversoir des images cyniques à boire à plein type cathodique Allez attendez-moi J'avais envie de venir aussi Mais voyez-vous ça va trop vite N'allez pas si vite Mon vieux numéro Il y avait les drapeaux du grand soir Il y en avait les rouges, il y en avait les noirs Aussi loin Je me souviens loin Quand les missiles montaient tout droit
So that was Noir Désir with Fin de siècle. Dan, what were your thoughts on that one? Uh, I really like that song. Uh, I, I listen to a lot of French bands who sing in uh, in French, and I don't really understand one bit, but there's there's something about it that makes it uh, sound good. For example, like Alceste, I love that, that band. Uh, but just this song, like uh, I like it. It was hard hard rocking. The riffs were good. It was uh, had some variation to it and. I really like that last part with like the much like trombone or something. Not maybe trombone. Maybe more of a, maybe more of a trumpet and a yes, trumpet, trumpet. Yeah, that's what that's uh, what I was yeah. looking for. Yeah, so that that, that part I liked. It reminds me of uh, a few bands who used that instrument in the in the stoner and psychedelic area. Uh, I would say yeah, I really enjoyed it as well, but. Also, as a non-French speaker, as you probably picked up just now, um, I found watching it with the YouTube video really added to the song. I think it was mm-hmm. like um, a visual sort of help, if you like, to explain what the song was about, and I thought it, it sort of matched it really well. So, if you know, if anyone's listening that would want to check that out on YouTube, I highly recommend it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the video also features the the lyrics of the song in the description. If you, anyone wants to have fun reading some French and trying to translate <laughs> it, um, but yeah, the the meaning of the title of the song is "End of Century," which makes sense because also the song was released in '96, and uh, yeah, the song kind of sums up the 20th century and uh, criticizing the way the world is evolved also in the in the last few decades with the TV and consumption based society, the wars and capitalism. And they kind of also evoke the digital revolution that is coming up back then. And uh, yeah, quite uh, being quite thoughtful about it and uh, the supposed benefits of it, kind of assuming that it will just probably be the same kind of shit, maybe even worse. Or, or something like that, and uh, the lyrics are still quite relevant more than 20 years later. Yeah, that's worrying, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, kind of. definitely. But that's also often the, the sign about a good song. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, what you said, Dan, also, like uh, about the last part, is also what really made me fall in love with that band. Like the way the, the guitar player really plays with uh, his sounds and like to, to build kind of textures, uh, a bit noise infused by, at times, I would say also. And the way they play also with, uh, with some yeah samples or other instruments to, to kind of experiment within the song, especially for a kind of commercial rock band that is going to go on the radio was kind of uh, rare at the time, I would say. That's something that made it particularly interesting to me and that also stayed a really long time with me since then and I also have uh, like my three favorite records from them on on vinyl also. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay, right, so on to my selection. As people know, obviously I'm from the UK, I'm from the southeast of England, but um, this band, Red Spectre, they're from Stoke-on-Trent and they recently released their second album called Heart of the Renewed Sun 
and this track is Violet Sun.
So you just heard a Violet Sun by Red Spectre. Um, what did you guys think of that one? I liked it. I wasn't uh, really familiar with them before. I haven't heard them before. But uh, they had a nice like heavy blues uh, sound to it. Uh, I like the guitar riffs, reminding me a little bit of Jimi Hendrix. So, yeah. So that's uh, yeah. I'm I'm checking out that album for sure. Yeah, well, they um, they've been quite quiet for some time. Their um, debut full length came out in 2016, I believe it was. So it's been four years between albums. But they, I knew about that record. But they sort of came back into my um, knowledge last year. I saw them live at um, Hard Rock Hell, Doom versus Stoner in Sheffield. And uh, yeah, I was really impressed with them. They're a, they're a trio, power trio. And like you say, it's very like um, sort of heavy blues, psychedelic. And they just, there's sort of um, like a real emotion, I think, in it. Um, like in the, in the vocals and the guitar playing. It, it's just something, and apparently they record um, their albums live, like re reel to reel. So it's sort of a bit old school recording methods and I think that really comes across in their sound. I think it's like a real sort of live raw sound and Yeah it's got a, a really really nice catchy stoner blues, heavy blues uh, vibe and uh, I didn't know at all the band before either. Uh, it got a pretty really cool uh, groove and uh, that kind of uh, yeah led back bluesy energy is something that always gets me so I Definitely dig more that new album. Oh, and I also I picked up talking about vinyl. I picked that up on <laughs> on a Bandcamp Friday yesterday. On oh, uh, yeah. So, nice catch. <laughs> per per perfect, uh, right before uh, lockdown. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that, um, if anyone else is interested, that's um, via Cosmic Artifacts Records. Mm -hmm. You can get that. Dan, it's back to you. So, what's your second choice, please? Uh, my second choice is uh, Laser Beam. It's a track called "Take Me Home," which I've been—it's been out for quite a while, but uh, the album isn't released until next year.
Uh, Take Me Home by Laserbeam. Seb, did you enjoy that one? Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's got a quite interesting electronic song, sound over some heavy garage uh, vibe. So that, that was uh, quite surprising at first. 
but uh, really, really interesting, quite powerful, super catchy with just the basic, basic riff that goes on for quite a while. And uh, I must say, I really like uh, those songs where the, 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 the guys let the, the song breathe and make some breaks and the way that they, they did a lot in that song and that really punctuates punctuates the cost of the song it really helps the, the progression I feel and uh, I mean the voice is perfect for this kind of vibe perfectly enhancing the, the overall thing and uh, yeah I feel some kind of I don't know black keys or Jack White influences there but mm -hmm. with a more stoner uh, varnish or, or feeling over it uh, especially with the second half of the song when the guitar is bit more complexifying and, and working a bit more and that nice solo at the end but yeah really really catchy song all the more impressive because um it's a solo artist i believe dan isn't it yes uh it's a some some guy from arizona doing this uh, solo album probably with some help from one or two guys but uh well, if you're gonna listen to the whole album when it comes out, you have like a few songs. You can really hear that uh, that solo vibe, where where that somehow you just feel like, yeah, well, this is a solo guy. While other uh, well, other songs there sounds like a full band, so it's quite a, a varied album. Yeah, it made me think also at some points uh, from the vibe and probably yeah, what you were just talking about, like about the, the kills, for example, which is there are just two people. Um, you can really feel that it's something that doesn't include so many musicians. Mm. And in a yeah. good way, I mean. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't have to be a bad thing at all. Yeah, mm, no. It's, well, it's getting more and more common, isn't it? People are recording at home because of lockdowns and things and they're experimenting and in their home studios and whatever. Yep. It seems to be more and more sort of solo instrumentalists. Mm -hmm. Yeah, people learning more instrument just because, well, they just want to record something by themselves, maybe. Yeah. yeah. And then they have to learn all these instruments. And I, I applaud that. It. I can't even <laughs> play a guitar, so it's, it's fascinating. No. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's been more and more of this that may, made me think of, uh, for example, the the side project of the the band Jin uh, that's on Rafa's record. The the, the, the guy, uh, the guitar player from the the band, just during the first lockdown, transformed his own bedroom into a home studio and, and recorded something. But there are so many instruments on this that you cannot really feel that it's a, a solo project. It's called a Captain Blind Chameleon. The album is great. But yeah, I really like more when you have some bands that are more restricted like that, that you can really feel it the way it is with uh, Laser Beam. So, we move from a solo artist, or sort of new solo artist, to a band, your next selection, uh, Seb, a band that's been around for a long, long time. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, I was thinking of taking something from the last album because the their new album is really amazing. Uh, so the band is Motop Psycho, a Norwegian uh, trio uh, that has had begun his career in 1989. I was barely born. <laughs> <laughs> and 
But uh, yeah, the, like on their last album, the one thing that I really love is uh, a complex of uh, five songs going with each other that are more like movements and that make a whole. And that's not really the, the most practical thing within a podcast. So instead, I decided to go with a song from my favorite record from them and uh, the record with which I discovered them uh, actually in 2013, which is called Still Life with Eggplant. And so this song is called Barleycorn.
So you just heard Barley Corn by Motor Psycho. Now I've got to admit, although they've been around for, well, 30 years, as weird as it sounds, they're a new band to me. But yeah, I really enjoyed it, really enjoyed it. I've heard this uh, this band. Uh, it's, it's really a, a hit or miss band for me, for somehow. Uh, you can clearly hear that they are like talented musicians, but a few albums that you like, a few doesn't really vibe with me. But the, this particular song is from one of the albums which I do like. And uh, this song, like I haven't heard it for quite some time, so I'm not really super uh, like remember how, how, how it was and all that but from from the listening to it today I, I like the, the pink Floydish vibe uh, from the like the second half of it and uh, it, it was a good sound it was on I noticed Seb looking at their um, discography they've, they've got a bit of a thing about doing double LPs. Yeah, like that's really long. <laughs> that's one thing that is completely crazy about them. Like uh, they've been doing music for more than thirty years. They still release one uh, album at least every year, and often a double LP and something that's really long. They also have lots of uh, small other works that they release here and there in, in the middle. And it's crazy how uh, how much they can put out uh, even after all that time. Well, at the same time. They had some kind of uh, pretty good evolution during their career. Like the, at the beginning, it was something a bit more like grunge or alternative uh, rock, and they had kind of uh, they went a bit more into the pop direction, and and they even have a, a jazz record. Uh, mm -hmm. They have a, an opera soundtrack. They have lots of things that are that are really going wild, and that's also why. Like I completely understand what you said, Dan, about like not all the albums are, are so easy to get into, and uh, getting into motorcycle is a really long and chaotic journey. But uh, since uh, the beginning of the 2010, they are kind of more uh, coherent in their sound, I would say, and which is also more in alignment with the, with the kind of music we are, we are into. Uh, the, in the heavy scene and the progressive stoner style, uh, heavy session and stuff like that. And uh, I really do get your, your uh, comparison with uh, Pink Floyd. Like, uh, I really often compare uh, Still Life with Eggplant with uh, my favorite album from Pink Floyd, and those two are like my two favorite albums ever. Uh, and for several reasons, like, Motorcycle is clearly influenced by Pink Floyd, amongst other things, and you can feel that through pretty much all of their records and also in the way they write music and the dedication they put also to the sound production and to making sure that everything sounds exactly like it should at every time. Uh, but on that album there's also uh, that one song called Hell that they cut in three parts. So they got one part at the beginning of the record, another part at the end of the record, which is kind of like Pink Floyd did with Shine and the Crazy Diamond. Where Motor Psycho pushed it a bit further is that the third part of the song is on the next album. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and he, on that album, you also get a song called Ratcatcher, which is a 17-minute jam that's going heavy and 
completely far out and, and it's really hard for me to be descriptive about that song and that's that would have been maybe the song I would have liked even more to, to put out but for the same reason as uh, the, the one from their last album 70 minutes is a bit too long and uh, barley corn would be kind of the equivalent of uh, the title track of which you were here like the most radiophonic uh, song of the album relatively speaking because motorcycle is not so much radiophonic in the end but this one would be the, the best choice I would say and yeah um, I love that song, it's uh, with the overall vibe and the progression that is typical of Motorcycle. With those jump passages going completely far out and still coming naturally back to the main core of the song. It's just exuding good vibe and, and peace all, all over with a kind of epic, prop, complex blend that they refined over their 30 years uh, career. Uh, yeah, that pretty much sums up why I, I love this band. and. Uh, yeah, if you, when all this shit is over, have any chance to go see them live, I really encourage you to do it because it's even crazier, right? So, so what do they do live? Two or three songs? No, actually, they <laughs> they rarely play less than two hours. So it gives them a bit more time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, as this one, they get some songs that are a bit shorter, seven minutes. Right, so as you've probably already um, worked out, we've got a very uh, varied playlist and my next selection is going off on another tangent. Um, They're a prog metal trio, is how I would describe them, called Vexing Hex and their new single is called Red Harvest.
So that was Vexing Hex with Red Harvest. Uh, just to give you a bit of info about them, they released their debut album in 2018, but they've recently signed to a new label called Wise Blood Records, who have re-released their album Haunt on digital CD and cassette. And that new single that I just played come out this week. And um, in some of the bio that I got from the band, uh, it says they describe their music as a combination of doomy riffs, infectious pop melodies and harmony, and retro horror vibes. And they say we put the ABBA in Sabbath. <laughs> so <laughs> they're clearly a band that... Um, I don't think they take themselves too seriously, but I've got to say I'm really impressed with the sound on this record. I think it, it's high quality. Like um, I think the production's great, and I just I just really enjoyed it. I think it's a bit of fun. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it sounds like Ghost a lot. Yeah, you have the the, the same kind of uh, the vocals are. In the same area, the riffs, but what makes it stand out uh, a little bit is the violin. Yeah, it's sort and, of it's like theatrical, isn't it? I, I suppose you would describe it. Yeah, but it, it also like when they mentioned the, like the horror vibe. Sure, you, it, they had on that particular track. It it it, it was more of a horror vibe, and, and what Ghost is to me, they are yeah, not weirdly more or towards the satanic vibe. Mm. So, sure, they the different vibes, but uh, a clear connection. Seb, what was your take? Yeah, well, uh, as you were mentioning with the theatrical and epicness, uh, that uh, remind me kind of of the epicness I was talking about with Motor Cycle just before. And, uh, but this time it's more in the like I was also saying, it's motorcycle was more on the feel good vibe and peace, and here we are more, definitely more in a dark baroque uh, territory, uh, which is something completely different, but definitely quite epic, uh, and with some uh, 80s influences kind of all over the place. So I really get the ABBA back in Sabbath, <laughs> but um, <laughs> even if it's this kind of stuff is not especially my go-to usually. I say I really like this one, and because uh, it's really well written, the production is really cool, as you were mentioning, and it never really falls into the kitsch that reveals me in that kind of uh, genre usually. So yeah, pretty pretty cool, pretty cool vibe. I like it. Yeah, like I say, at the minute that's uh, just a single release, but. By all accounts, they're looking, hopefully, to release their second album in 2021. So, they could be a band to look out for. Definitely. And I think live must be quite interesting and funny. <laughs> so, we're already on to our final selections. So, Dan, your third choice, please. Yes, uh... This is a, a Ukrainian band called Sealand Airlines. Um, it's a track from the debut album, which is coming out in in the 27th of November on the Sign Records. 
it's uh, they remind me of bands like the ones all the monitor and the moon beats like it, the, the the vibe and sound it has uh, is uh, pretty similar to me and, uh, and finally i just want to thank the, the band label for letting us play this song since it's not released yet and they just re- just released a third single just the other day so many thanks yeah so we've got a bit of an exclusive on the more fuzz podcast yeah yeah in a way <laughs>
Okay, so that last track was Garrison by Sealand Airlines. Seb, what did you make of that one? Yeah, I think it's a superb mix of uh, 60s rock and, and stoner style. I really, really dig that organ that is on fire through most of the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree with that. Yeah, I really love that kind of vibe. and. I mean, they balanced it perfectly between the the old school style and the and the modern touch, and uh, man, the drumming is fucking awesome, and the the grooves throughout all the songs is pretty cool, uh, and I also really like that quite powerful break uh, mid song that definitely gets you if you when were not hooked yet, and so yeah. Uh, really also enjoyed how the older um, song is drenched in reverb, especially the vocals, giving it a, a super cool, dreamy atmosphere, which also connects to all the, the, the bands you were mention, mentioning earlier, then, I guess. Yeah. So, how did yeah. you discover these guys, Dan? Well, uh, uh, I'm, I'm one of the guys who looks through the, the, the promo bin, so to speak. From more fuss and yeah. they just popped up and I had a listen and really really liked this song and then the whole album for that part is great it's pretty pretty much uh, variation to it so while this is probably my favorite song on the on the album like all the others are totally different but uh, highly recommend to check it out when it comes out so you might review it in a few weeks, I guess. Maybe we'll see. <laughs> no, no pressure. You're gonna, yeah, no pressure. You're gonna make after like, well, he's doing it. <laughs> well, and talking of review, Seb, I believe you did a review of your next choice. Yep, definitely. I think it was like late July or something. It's uh, definitely one of uh, my favorite records uh, of the year, uh, with the the Canon record also. But uh, I thought that was a bit too close to Motorcycle to put it in, and I wanted to make it a bit more diverse. But yeah, uh, I loved uh, Black Helium. Is that the name of the band? Uh, first record that I believe yeah, I also reviewed uh, two years ago on Morphers. So I really jumped on the occasion to review the, the follow-up and still took me by surprise because it's completely different and quite an evolution since the, 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 the previous one uh, and quite diverse and I think pretty much uh, perfection to me this year. So this song is the first uh, track of the album and it's called Happy on a Slab.
So that was Hippie on a Slab by Black Helium. Dan, what are your thoughts on that one? Uh, a great song. Although I think uh, maybe it could be a little bit shorter. I know it feels like <laughs> it feels like not that it's any problem to listen to long songs, but I felt like well, a few parts where uh, to the world towards the end could have been left out. But uh, I love the name though. That hippie on the slab part is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but good song overall. Yeah, their, um, I was just checking. Uh, their first album was called Primitive Fuck, so yep. they're not <laughs> shy. They're not shy of um, having provocative <laughs> song titles or, <laughs> or lyrics. But like you said, Seb, it, this album is very different, isn't it, to the first one? This is yeah, well, I would yeah. say it's heavier, not heavier. Yeah, it's one. called the Holy Other, after all. Yeah, so it's a Holy Other album. Yeah. yeah, well, there you go. That explains it. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, it's still definitely on the occult side of the, the British uh, heavy scene, I would say. Like, on the first album, you could really, really, really feel the, the Sabbath influence of the album. Uh, and you can still feel it, but this time it's more in the background, I would say. And you can feel more influences of bands that were influenced by Sabbath, I would say. Some songs make me think of... Uh, Uncle Acid, some others of Salem Sport. Or, um, there's lots of different vibes overall the album, but it still works out somehow in between because they kind of connect it with their characteristic sound. And uh, I think they're bringing a lot freshness that is really welcome in that uh, kind of occult scene that um, sometimes kind of goes in circles. And I hesitated uh, between this song and the station of a goddess, but uh, then I guess Dan would have been even less happy because it's ten minutes long. <laughs> and, uh, well, 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 it can be. Uh, you never know. It might be more variation to it. Actually, I'm not sure. Uh, I think the other one would have been uh, a bit, a bit more, uh, yeah, uh, in, in the same vibe overall. The the old song, even if on pretty much all their songs, they. They always find a moment to break the progression and try to bring you somewhere else, like they did with this one. Uh, like completely cut a break, then going on a jump full throttle and just uh, slowing down a few seconds after to bring it to the, to the trippier side. And I must say that's the kind of thing that I really like in that band. So maybe that's the part that you would have liked to be left out. That's the part that uh, got me hooked in. <laughs> Right, and well, talking about um, song lengths, uh, my final choice there is by Scorched Oak, who are a three-piece from Germany. And on their new album, Withering Earth, there's five tracks, but they get progressively longer as the album goes on. So uh, the last one's 14 minutes, but I chose uh, Swamp, which is half that. So. Uh, so up next is Scorched Oak with Swamp. While I feel words turn into lies, you promise today losing weather.
So that track was Swamp by Scorched Oak. Seb, what did you make this one? Yeah, I think it's uh, really interesting, quite powerful, uh, southern stoner, sludge metal uh, direction. Uh, I really like the, the use of the male and female voices, uh, one after another or together, and it uh, really works well with that kind of uh, stuff. Yeah, it, and it adds some real texture, doesn't it? Yeah. But he's sort of more sort of gruff voice, and mm -hmm. she's sort of... Yeah, also brings something fresh to that kind of, of stuff, uh, I would say, even if that may not be what I dig the most usually, so maybe uh, that's kind of uh, uh, ignorance for me here, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> but I also really dug the, the really neat uh, bluesy break uh, after a while, like, because at the beginning they just like kick right in with a... Mm -hmm kick in the face I would say uh, to and then just calm down with that bluesy thing that got heavier progressively to come back to the to the, the, the starting vibe of the song and then they do that again at the end of the song uh, preparing for the, the solo and, and stuff and uh, I really really like that the way that they, they structure this song overall. Did you like the riffs on that one, Dan? Yeah, surely. Uh, and I uh, also gotta say the same, like the mix of clean and harsh vocals. Really made it, uh, gave, gave it a little bit more of variation to the, the whole tune. Uh, and uh, the, the nice ending, like the sewing really stood out, made it a lot better. Not that it was bad before, but <laughs> it, it added added to the sound for sure. Right, that's it, guys. That was the final track. So, just like to say, thanks oh, to Dan really. and Seb. It's been great chatting to you. You're thanks welcome. Thanks to you My for pleasure. inviting us. Have a nice day. Busy. <laughs> <laughs> As ever, thanks for tuning in, and until the next time, take care and keep fuzzing.